Right, so the uh, the the Tories won the election. That indeed happened. Yeah, luckily I have built us an ark. You have built us an ark. Yeah, we're just going to go into space. Just, uh, yeah, just. I just mean, going. I'm on board with this. Uh, the stars are twinkly and pretty. I hear seeing the 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 Earth from up above is quite yeah. an experience. We're just building an ark for all the queer people and the disabled people and the people of color. Basically, anyone who didn't vote Tory will be very negatively affected by it. Wonderful. Um, who uh, are we bringing anything with us on this arc? Well, um, uh, let's see. I've um, I mean, I definitely want to bring some things we've played. Yeah, and I want to make sure we pack some things, things that we can watch. Yeah, uh, d- things we've listened to, obviously. Of Gonna course, yeah. Um, queer trans ladies. Uh, that Check. that is one of the many groups of people who you could probably do with being on there. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, uh, silly voices. I mean, we'll probably have a higher standard of comedy up there if everyone's not just making, you know, the low-hanging fruit jokes. Definitely. Mm. I mean, yeah. Wow. It'll be the death of all that awful comedy. We'll just leave it behind on Earth. Ah, That'd be brilliant. Ah, well then, to the queer and pleasant strange arc. Space! Gotta go space. Gotta go space. Gotta go space. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies tell you about our weeks and have a catch up and do silly voices and skits. How are you doing? Yeah. I've plastered on a smile for this. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can tell from our opening skit where we're at this week. That that tells you everything you need to know. I've stopped crying just long enough to record this. But it's fine, because we've got media to distract us from all of the everything burning down around us. In, indeed. Yes. So, shall we talk about some of that media <laughs> that has what? helped be a valuable distraction What have you been playing? Uh, ooh, the, the main thing I've been playing is more Pokemon. I've really not played a huge amount else this week. Um, I'm still deep in my shiny hunting, because that is, that is the thing that I do at the moment. Um, I've stopped doing the hunting in the overworld, looking for, you know, Pokemon that, you know, run around in the grass. Because I got all the ones I needed from Route 1. Oh, and I was like, I've done this method for a while, I'm going to try some other methods. Oh, heck. So, I've been doing a bunch of egg hatching. Yeah, uh, and I, I finally have my first couple of score bunnies. Um, I need one, one more. I need one more to, to have its final evolution, and I will be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've almost finished my first full box of shiny Pokemon. I think I've got twenty nine individual Pokemon. So I've got that one little Mamoswine that's in my box one that I'm like, just I just got to replace you. Yeah. Um, and the other one I've been trying is um, hunting for shiny fossils, which there's only four fossil Pokemon in the game. What makes them easier and more difficult to get is that they they act a bit differently to the rest of the Pokemon. You collect bits of fossils by running around the overworld, trading them for various resources. They're kind of hard to get. And whereas, like, hatching from eggs and uh, trading and whatnot... uh, and and, uh, Sorry. Hatching from eggs and catching in the overworld, you can make your odds quite a lot better by doing specific things... For these fossil ones that you get given, there is no way to change the base odds. It is one in four thousand, and you cannot do anything about it. 
Yikes. Um, but on the nice side, once you have a nice batch of like 30, 60, 100 fossil, uh, fossils ready to redeem, you can save in front of the person, mash the A button like a hundred times, check if any of them were shiny, and then reset and start trading those hundred over again and see if they're shiny this time. Was it Swoosh that had the thing where they could also be, um, like you can mix and match them? Yes, this is that one. So there's four different pieces of fossil, and depending how you combine them, they can make four different fossil Pokemon. So I have enough fossils right now to make two of them pretty reliably. The other two, I'll deal with them later. But currently, it's... Has my brain turned to mush from trying to hatch that last uh, shiny score bunny egg and it's not working? While well, I will literally sit and just mash A with with one hand while I do some video editing or something. So that's what I was doing today. I was video editing. I was like, okay, well, while I look for the place I need to cut on this, I just have one hand just tap, 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 tap. I saw you had your chunky um, controllers out today. Yes, the uh, Damon X Machina big Joy-Con things that are nice and comfy for playing in handheld mode. But also, very specifically for these four fossil shiny Pokemon, and I'm not exclusively doing this, but I, I did some maths, and it would mm, the number of hours statistically it will take me to find all four of these shiny fossil Pokemon is terrifying. And so I may have here and there been using the turbo button on that controller to go, if I stand in front of this NPC and then turbo the A button, it will just press A for me a bunch, which... Might help, because otherwise these... I don't think I will ever get these four fossil Pokemon otherwise. Um, so yeah, what about you? What have you been playing this week? I Just before we get back to me, um, the potatoes, the sexy potatoes in my streaming community were asking about those uh, Damon X Machina. Um, oh, yes, yes. Joy-Cons, do you want to tell us a bit about them? Yeah, have I? I can't remember if I've talked about them I think they've had a, had a vague mention before, but yeah, let's have a bit of a breakdown. Yeah, so the, the short version is this is a pair of Joy-Cons that can't be used detached, they're only for handheld play, mm -hmm. um, that were released uh, around September, and they were connected to this game, Damon X Machina. It's a not very great mech game. Um, but these controllers are wider, they've got sort of better, um, you know how like most modern controllers have the sort of like wing design that sort of, yeah. uh... It kind of looks like someone's sort of pro controller in half. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a much, it feels like a much sturdier fit onto the console. Mm -hmm. It's, it's got like some programmable extra buttons on the back. So like if you find it easier to press buttons in different places, you can sort of assign what buttons do what. Mm. Um... If you're someone that can't really do button mashing for games that might have quick time events, it's got a turbo button and things like that, but it's basically just a, a bigger controller on either side of your, of your Switch. As I said, it doesn't work in handheld mode, um, you can't, you know, sort of comfortably sit with one in each hand, yeah. but if you're someone that plays in handheld and finds just the sort of flat nature of it a little uncomfortable to hold for prolonged periods of time sometimes. Yeah. It's a more comfortable grip option for sure. It looks like a good controller for, for bigger hands. Yeah, so it's it's nice if you're doing like lengthy play sessions and your hands are getting a bit cramped, or for a case like this where I just want something to mash A a few hundred times for me. I mean, that's fair. Like, oh no, my thumb is getting tired from mashing A all this time. I'm just going to leave it mashing A for itself for a minute. Don't Are these judge your me. Machinations. <laughs> machinations. So no no judging me for, for 
my tiny little concession of cheating that I've been I've been using the turbo button. Oh a little bit. no! Automatically tapping one button. I I know. Like <laughs> I I've had some people. I uh... if I were a centrist, I'd say that's no different to just hacking in Chinese. Oh, so, like <laughs> I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this recently. I was like, where is that line for me? Because I wouldn't just hack in a bunch of shinies. Because mm. there's zero challenge in that. Like, there's no working for it. I wouldn't care at that point. Yeah. But I'm like, where on the continuation is that line? And I think where the line is for me is there's a device that was released recently that you plug it in the bottom of your Switch and it will automate analog stick inputs as well as um, button presses. And it's basically... what, run around in circles? Or? So what it's set up to do is if you stand in... If you go and put your Pokemon in the daycare so they'll start making eggs right. and stand in front of the, the person that does the eggs, it will pick up an egg, run back and forth until the uh, there's a new egg generated, pick up the next egg, and just run back and forth hatching eggs, collecting new eggs from the daycare lady all on an automated... That's an impressive process. piece of tech. Yeah, like, it's, an Im- it's a really... Like, it's a well-thought-out automated set of processes. But equally, I look at that and go, I I feel like once you start, like, moving the character around for me, that's that's where it's like, you're playing the video game for me. Yeah. Whereas automating, mashing the A button forever, I'm like, there is no thought, there is no paying attention, there is no... Like, if I was doing that, Myself, 100% of the time. You probably still I, wouldn't be paying any attention. I'd be doing to the it. exact same thing, which is don't pay attention and about every 10 minutes have a look over and go, uh, Have I done all the all the fossils yet? No, nope, it's still getting more fossils. That's fine. I'll look back in 10 minutes. I'll keep watching the telly. Yeah. Like, it's it's the same thing that I felt, and I, I didn't use any kind of turboing for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee to get the Alolan forms of Pokemon in Shiny. Mm-hmm. You had to do a similar just yeah. mash A at an NPC. Just trading them yeah, Sandshrews. Trading them Sandshrews until you got a shiny Sandshrew back. And like there were people on YouTube at that time who were like making like little Arduino devices that would press the button for them. Like they're making like little Lego things that would like physically press the button over and over. Heck. And I'm like, I feel like mm, repetitively pressing A for hours is one of the few exceptions where it's like I will let a computer do this. You can have that one, friend. You can, you can have that one, and if you don't think my Pokemon collection is sh- uh, is uh, legitimate after that... I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing? I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. Yeah, you have. You're yeah. nearly through your second year, right? Well, when I started this most recent playthrough, um, I was on... Something like 18 hours of play. Yeah. I'm now getting quite near to 100. Yay! You found a game that you're doing 100 hours in. Because farming in the the peaceful life where I can make everybody happy by giving them wine. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can make everyone in this life happy if you give them wine other than the people that don't drink. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, basically, it's just like, I I have abundant fruit. I'm going to turn it into wine. (laughs) Everyone in town seems to like wine, so I give you the gift of wine, friend. Yeah, and you just get your happy little farm full of all the aminals. Am- I have, uh, yeah, I've named them all after, like, um, Patreon supporters. And, and There's one uh, that's named after me. There's one that's named after you. There's, mm. a, there's a duck that's just called F the Tories. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the mood I've been in this week. I, um, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I'm having fun. I've got piggies now. I've got a goat called Jane. Yay! 
I, th- I think if I had a persona, it's going to be a goat. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. What, what do you like about goats? The, they're stubborn, they'll eat anything. <laughs> I, I mean, feel like I can relate to that. Yeah. They have fuzzy legs. Yeah. They have cool horns. I'm now thinking, what what would I be? What would I be? Bun bun. I, th- I think it's got to be a bun. You're a bun. I'm a bun. No, floppy ears. Tiny floppy blue bun. <laughs> sitting on the back of the goat. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Done. Oh, no. Personas confirmed. There we go. <laughs> uh, it, it's been really nice watching you play, and I'm glad that you've stuck with it longer this time, because you said previously you got, like, fall of the first year. When your first attempt, something like that? Uh, yeah, fall of the first year on the first attempt, and then this this time I'm... Heading into winter of the the second year, so yeah. about to get into year three at this rate. Oh, goodness, yeah. Are you still finding that it's coming up with consistent new things for you to do? Um, less so. Yeah. But I'm feeling like like this year I I streamlined things a bit more. I had a bit of a panic on on the first of of spring of year two because I was just like. <laughs> Okay, I've I've thought about this. I'm gonna sort of lay things out like this. This will be kind of easy. Things were not kind of easy. Things. Yeah, everything basically reset, didn't it? It it reset in such a way that it made the first of spring really like stressful because I had set in my mind that I was gonna do all my planting and lay everything out because I'd already laid all the sprinklers out. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna do all my planting first day and it'll be all fine. <laughs> And I got through less than half of it and nearly had a panic attack on the street. Because ro- there were rocks everywhere. There were rocks everywhere and there were sticks everywhere and, and everything needed hoeing. And... It, 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 it looked like um, Animal Crossing when you'd not touched it for a couple of weeks. And it's like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no, I have to tidy up my town now. Isabel's mad at me. I've not been around. I have all, now have all but one item for the um, community centre. <gasps> I am only missing a pom- pomegranate, and I have a pomegranate tree growing in my uh, greenhouse. <laughs> I'm excited. So soon I hope to have everything I need <gasps> to complete that whole That thing. whole big quest. That whole big thing. And we'll see what's next. Well, yeah, because I've got some ancient seeds on the go. I've got some rare seeds on the go. So I've I've got like three of the star, star mm. drop fruit now. So. so I keep thinking about playing Stardew Valley, and I've got it on my Switch. So I'm really tempted to do some multiplayer with you, but my my big question is, for someone that's not played Stardew Valley, like what's the thing you wish you'd known at the start that would make doing your farm go smoother? Um, keep one of everything, because yeah. you never know who's going to be like, I would really like one of these, and I will give you a lot more than it is normally worth. <laughs> And you're like, fuck, I just sold all of those in spring, and yeah. now it's summer, and I don't have any of those. So, like, keeping a, a couple of everything handy, and then, like, and as things, you things will last, will they? Yeah. They're not going to go bad. Yeah, you can keep fish in a chest for years and years and years, <laughs> and it won't ever be a problem. That's good to know. Yeah. Um. Don't open your geodes unless the TV says that you have good luck that day. Okay. Because it will save you a lot of time in the long run. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think those are probably the most important ones. Um, like it's worth using the wiki to know what the best um products are, mm. like value wise, because obviously it's the amount of time you spend hoeing and sewing and yeah. and planting 
and then how long they take, like how many days, how much work did I have to put in to get however much money out? Yeah. Um, seed makers, something else I would definitely recommend. Yeah. Get seed makers because year two, you don't want to be paying for all your seeds again. Yeah, that's fair. It can be tempting to go, I need money right now. Um, if you want to completely make the game very boring for yourself, you can just go and buy a Jojo Mart subscription and then just <laughs> buy all the unlocks. But it it will... It, it, I feel like not doing the community center version takes yeah. away a lot of the... The, like, the charm. The, the charm of it. Like, you're building a community together, yeah. you're fixing this... this Cub of the community up, especially since like the whole game opens with your character working a corporate job for Joja, yeah, and being like, oh, I'm just gonna go and live on a farm. I mean, haven't we all had that urge occasionally? More, so, just... more so this week, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovely. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying um, Stardew. I will probably finish playing. I don't know. Um, I might do a bit of the the. The Skull Cavern, I've been there a couple of times, yeah. but like I'm not level ten in combat yet. I think mm. I'm like I think I might only be a level nine. Yeah. I've got two tens and two nines at the moment for for the like skills, so like I'm near maxing everything out that you can. Yeah. And th- at that point it would just be chasing money. So I would be interested to try other maps maybe. Yeah. Maybe some multiplayer. I I'm 100% up for some multiplayer Stardew weekends with you. I'm up for some multiplayer Stardew. And the only other thing I would say is mods. I'd be interested to see what the mods are like. Yeah. Like, well, maybe maybe we'll have a look together soon. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a really fun thing. Yeah. What about you? You've got any uh, else? I think uh, there's not much else. We played some more Magic the Gathering this we week. We did. I used a deck that wasn't the green deck. No, you used my red deck. I used the red deck, where the whole thing is... Kill, kill, kill. Do direct damage nice and quick before the other deck has a chance to kill me. That is pretty much it. I didn't have a great win record, but I got a couple of wins in. No, um, you struggled against my devotion control, my black devotion control deck. Yeah. Um, which I've, I've... That was a deck I got the instructions for from online <laughs> so like i can understand that perhaps it might be compared to something i just went yeah those cards are cheap I, and do the sort of thing i want them to I, there was one of those rounds where i almost had you and i had my big my big dragon that's like seven energy to get out and when you get it out not only is it a big beefy thing with flying that can like fly over all your creatures and do five damage to your health, yep. but also does seven damage when it's summoned and would have killed you by itself. Uh, and, and then I did vicious rumors on you. You so made you me discard a card. Discard, discard a card. Yep. Lose one off the top of your library and lose a life. And yeah, I life. and you did it at the, the only moment it would have made a difference because earlier than that I had more than one card in my hand, so I could have discarded something else. Yep. Later, I'd have already played the dragon, and, and I'd have been fine. Yep. You did it on the one turn that it was the soul card in my hand. And that is the only heavy hitter in that deck. <laughs> yep, you took out my only heavy hitter, and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm done. I'm screwed. Yes, I'm fucked. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there was that second, that that last black game, which I only just won. Yeah, we had a really nice, like, back and forth uh, aggro match where... <laughs> I'll do you one damage, I'll we, do we, you one damage. We I'll were do you always within, like, one or two damage of each other. Yeah. And we were just trading back and forth, like, 
Okay, who's who's okay? Can we catch up? Okay, I've got like a one point lead. Oh, you caught up, and <laughs> I uh, killed all your creatures. You've called all my creatures. Have one damage. We, you have one damage. We were both so close that we were using up all the cards in our hand. We were both blind drawing. We had no hand, and we were like, "What do I draw this turn?" <laughs> I believe in the heart of the cards. The thing is, that deck has got like so many heavy hitters in it, and I just couldn't find any of them. Worked well for me. I needed my squelching leeches, and they just weren't there for me. Aww. Until the very last round, I was like, I have a 9-9 now. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. I think we have, we have victory. Uh, have you played anything else this week? Uh, no, not really. Uh, the only other thing I've played, let me just uh, find the tab for it. Uh, and this is a game that now exists on itch.io that came out of a... A joke made on Podquisition 261. Uh, it's called Urban Fucking Champion. And it's based on an old NES game called Urban Champion that's not a not very good game that Nintendo insists on pre-releasing forever. And Jim kept saying Urban Fucking Champion as a sort of exasperated term. And I was like, yeah, but what if Urban Fucking Champion? And someone followed through on that and there is now a playable game in which... Uh, me, Jim, and uh, me, Jim, and Comrade will appear from windows, like throwing things down, trying to stop the player. And police cars will go by, and you're not, you don't get caught having sex out 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 in public while the police are nearby. And Jonathan Holmes. Yeah. Uh, you you basically just have consensual sex with a bunch of people and try not to get arrested. Um, I mean, ideally. Yeah, ideally, it's it's a really fun and like surprisingly well put together little high school chaser. Um. The, the the detail that like I really liked on this is when you're pre- pressing the the fuck button, you don't want to mash it as fast as you can. That's not how you get most points. Rhythm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta slow it down. Have a sort of like da, 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 have, some motion, have some motion in your ocean. yeah. Have some motion in your ocean. Um. Also, uh, the character is practicing safe sex. A condom is used every time they have sex. I'm concerned about the fact they're being dropped on the floor, but yeah. Uh, the 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 pay itch page for the game does say there are certain things we would like to um to add in a future update, including clearing up your litter. Yeah. Um. So they're they're aware of some of these things, but for a silly idea that came out of a joke made on a podcast, it's a surprisingly fun little stupid high score chaser. Well done, that creator. Uh, it uh, the creator. Let me find their uh, details quickly. Is where does it say on an itch page who the creator is? Uh, Heptagon. Heptagon Arts. Yeah. Heptagon. Dot itch dot io slash urban hyphen fucking hyphen champion. Indeed. Uh, there is a link on my Twitter as well. Uh, it it is it is a fun little thing, and I I was impressed that someone threw it together in a week. Impressive. Uh, well I think, done. I think that's everything I've played. What about yourself? That's everything I've played too. Well, well then, time, time for, for this. this. So I'm looking for the recipe here. I found one that's supposed to be great for for cookies. It's got like just so many five star reviews. But um, when I, every time I click on it and I've looked around the article, it's just just pages and pages of someone talking about one particular autumn. Like it's just going on about the family and the and the dog, the sun, the golden sunshine. Hang on. I think that the sunshine there might be a reference to golden syrup. Yeah? Yeah. 
and they mention a particular time of day. I reckon that's probably how much golden syrup we need to put in. Oh, so it's a code we've got to crack. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon this bit here where they're talking about how sweet their husband was, that might be a reference to just, like, caster sugar? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, now, um, let's see. Wednesday, so that's the third day of the week, so what? 300 grams of caster sugar? Sounds about right. Okay. Yep, oh, yep. And that bit where uh, she's she's talking about how she, she butted up her husband. <gasps> Butter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're going to crack this. I think we're going to crack this. Crack okay. this. Eggs. Eggs, that's it. Ah, the whole thing is a solution. And then, like, um, just, oh... Uh, the dark, the, the day's getting darker because it was autumn. That could be a reference to, like, dark chocolate sprinkles or, or chocolate oh, chips. Oh, uh, chunks. It's, it's got to be chunks. Dark it's got to be chunks. chunks. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, they're talking about the coming of winter, like dusting. I reckon that's probably flour. Oh, um, uh, yeah, and then the, the bit where they're talking about the flowers outside. Again, flour. Flowers. Yeah. I think we've cracked this code. We are going to have some fucking kick-ass cookies. Hi. If you're anything like me, someone who suffers from long-term clinical depression, sometimes you'll find that it's not just a matter of chemical imbalance. Sometimes everything is just really, really shit. And it's times like this when your antidepressants probably won't be quite enough. That's why I take fuck it all. When the world is actually falling down around you and you need to stop screaming just long enough to get a podcast out and survive the day, Try fuck it all. Thanks, fuck it all. You're all that's holding me together right now. I'm just about functioning. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? We put a bunch of things in our eyes. We did. Trying to distract weird ourselves things. from from the outside world. Yes. Uh we finished seasons one and two, the original seasons of uh, Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and Fire Walk with Me, which mm-hmm. is the the movie that comes after. We'll get on to Twin Peaks The Return in a minute, but should we talk about Twin Peaks Season 1 and 2 and Fire Walk With Me? Have we watched all of it since last week? I'm pretty sure we... I feel we... like we started watching some of it last weekend. We started watching some of it, but okay. we finished Season 2 and watched Fire Walk With Me and started on uh, The Return. Okay, yeah. So, Season 2? Okay, Season 2 of Twin Peaks. Um, The ending few episodes... We're amazing. Um, they're amazing. The fucking season two cliffhanger. I don't know how all of you survived with that <laughs> cliffhanger and no resolution for twenty five years. I think when we finished watching, you turned around to me and said, "Do you want to wait twenty five years to find out?" How that <laughs> I was like, "Fuck no." Um, and then we watched the uh, extended cut of Fire yeah, with me well, with all the bits from the missing pieces in. Yeah. Before we get to that, quickly, um. I I did not... It, season 2 had a lot of the just drama around, like, not to do with any mysteries, just interpersonal drama. Mm-hmm. And even season 1, to a certain extent, less what I expected Twin Peaks to be. Like, the end of season 2 was like, okay, this feels like what I what I went in expecting. Yeah. What, just, what other lynch have you seen out of interest? Oh, goodness. Um, My brain's gone blank. Eraserhead? I've seen Eraserhead, yeah. Inland, Inland Empire? Yeah. Blue Velvet? Uh, no. But like, June? Uh, yeah, I've seen June. But like, having seen like a Razorhead, for example, yeah. can you see why I wouldn't necessarily expect... Uh, essentially a soap drama? Uh, essentially a soap drama, yeah. Like, I didn't expect... I didn't expect that density of soap drama to mystery. Mm. And like, 
I love the town of Twin Peaks. I think it's a fantastic show in terms of like really bringing that like small community, that weird small community to life. Mm. And despite the fact there yeah. are just so many characters. Yeah. Eventually you do sort of get used to them all. Yeah. And then we time skip 25 years ahead and I don't recognize any of the actors. But um yeah, it it was interesting. Um yeah, no, that 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 ending of season 2 was sure was a thing. Yeah. Fire walk with me. Um, was a lot. Y- yeah, especially since we watched the three and a half hour cut. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> here's the thing: it answered some basic questions and gave some better context. Yeah. But it also opened up like so many more questions. Yeah. It didn't answer like the one thing. The the title, fire walk with me. A thing from seasons one and two. I was like, oh, are we finally going to work out what the significance of that is? No. no. Kinda. The answer is in there. Well, I couldn't work it out. What I have gleaned so far is a bunch of people keep saying, fire, walk with me, and I have no no clue why. Uh, Maybe I will find out eventually, or work it out. I don't know. Um, But then we got onto Twin Peaks The Return. Um... Um, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I did not expect it to be so little set in Twin Peaks. <laughs> I did not expect them to veer so far away from the protagonist we know. Yeah. Um, I did not expect it to be such a difficult watch that tackled with like weirdly personal themes from my life that I find really hard to watch. Yeah, um, and we should talk about that because I think you brought it up on Twitter. Yeah. And I, I saw some of the responses to that. Like, but I, I agree with you, absolutely. As somebody who has had family members with Alzheimer's and, and people with Alzheimer's in our lives, yeah, it can be really difficult watching I... somebody you care about and have grown a certain attachment to struggling in that way. Yeah, like, I... I... Conceptual spoilers here, we won't go into too many specifics, but Dale Cooper, the protagonist of Twin Peaks, in The Return, um, it's unclear, uh, we're only like halfway through the season, it's unclear to me currently exactly what has caused it, but at some point in returning to the story, he has lost some core parts of himself. He is struggling to communicate, he is struggling to sort of process what's going on around him at times, Mm -hmm. He... he seems to have like minor, like moments of clarity when he yeah. sees things he recognizes. He's, he's clearly there's bits of him there. There's things he, you know, he recognizes like case files and and agents, and he knows he likes coffee, and it's clearly still him. But he's struggling with basic tasks like going to the bathroom, getting dressed by himself, um, getting through his day job, and. As someone, yeah, as you said, someone who has lived with family members who have deteriorate have had deteriorative mental health conditions, and mm-hmm. as someone that worries about my own Same. health and that happening to me someday, and that's a terrifying thought. I'm not saying it's bad storytelling; far no. from it. But it's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable going like there's this calm, put together, sweet creative character like all of these wonderful positive adjectives you'd have for Dale Cooper in seasons one and two that are not really ways you could describe him 
in the return as we've seen him, or th- th- they're not things that we see externally. He, so much. like the show, is <sighs> okay. Um, from my point of view, as yeah. as someone who's seen it, I would argue that he is almost like a metaphor for the show itself. He is a a, a husk of what people thought they wanted. Yeah. I maybe I, I here's the thing. I, I'm sure these big overarching views of the thing I will get around to and mm-hmm. then probably yeah. next week or the week after. Right now watching it as a moment to moment thing, mm. it is it is mainly just hitting on those. It's really tough to watch someone that you felt like you had a real handle on who they were suddenly be someone else and just hurt for them, being like I just want you to be okay, I and I can't, f- I can't fix this for you, and I feel really bad. Mm. Oh, I'm doing a well up now. Yeah. It's, it's been hard watching. Mm. It's been great, but it's been hard watching. And I can, I can, you know, I can understand why people were really upset about the show when it came back, yeah. because everyone had been super hyped for it for like years, but yeah. it had been rumbling around like Twin Peaks season three was going to happen, and the return pops out, and it's not. What it's not It's not what anyone would have gone, yes, that's what I want. Well because what people wanted was twenty five years ago, what happens next at the end of like uh episode uh, season two, episode twenty two. Or even just it it just feels like a different show in that it's like it's it's not focused on the place that is the title. Hmm. Its pacing is very different, the kind of I don't know. The lack of familiarity is jarring, mm. and I can understand how a twenty-five year wait wait would make it more so. Mm. I'm I I I don't want any of this critique to sound like I'm not enjoying it. I think mm. it's fantastic. It's fantastic, but you have to let yourself go. This is going to be jarringly different, and I just have to go with that. And you will. You may get answers later on. Yeah, I. I feel like it is going somewhere, but it's it's a it, honestly the return is maybe the most I've enjoyed Twin Peaks so far. Mm. It's I think it's had it it's felt like it had the most consistent idea of what story it wanted to be telling. It's done yes. the least ambling off in weird side directions that go nowhere. Yeah, it feels like it, it, it has its story to tell, and it yeah. is absolutely going to tell you that whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah, and. I really appreciate that, and it, it feels a lot more what I expected out of David Lynch. It, it also, I think, feels a lot less made by community, because I think, obviously, yeah. like, he wasn't writing all of the episodes. Yeah. Um, There were people coming and going involved in that, and yeah. obviously different directors some weeks, so it would have been shot differently, well, so it's nice yeah. to just go, this. I, honestly, that's... That's what I was expecting out of Twin Peaks, and that's what I've been really happy to see out of out of the return. Is okay. This feels like a David Lynch thing, mm. and I I've been enjoying it all the more for that. Mm-hmm. Um, episode eight, huh? <laughs> Twin Peaks: The Return, episode eight, huh? Mm-hmm. That is the most David Lynch a David Lynch could David Lynch. <laughs> How much Lynch could a David Lynch for David could Lynch Lynch? Indeed. Uh, yeah, I. I'll take that back. The, the the penultimate Lynch there sounded like Lynch in a uh, other context. Yes, but um, I know what you mean. You know where I'm going for. It's the most a person. Da- it's David Lynch Inception. 
Yeah. It's... We heard you like Lynch, so you put some Lynch in your Lynch. Yeah. So, I, I will say this about episode 8 of Twin Peaks The Return. There was a point about 50... Uh, not even that. Probably about 3 or 4 minutes in where I turned to you and went... We're gonna have an hour of this, aren't we? <laughs> um, it was it was a little bit longer than that. Yeah. It was um after the shooting, which I think is like five ten minutes. Okay. In. Well, what I mean is about three or four minutes after the thing happened, <laughs> the Whereas thing the... started happening, and then it kept happening, and you were sort of, you went from sort of sitting forward in your seat, just like, hmm, uh huh, these are some things I'm seeing. All oh, that looks like that thing from that previous episode. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And then you just turned to me and went, we're going to have about an hour of this. I mean, it was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a journey. Like, I am excited to finish Twin Peaks and then discuss many, 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 many thoughts. And then maybe get around to watching a four and a half hour documentary. And I have a lot to process from this show. <laughs> Yes, you do. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Thank you for coming. Uh, I, I'm just glad that even after sort of going, I kind of understand what it's about now, I've been able to watch through it again and go, I'm still enjoying this. Yeah. I have moments of just like, oh my God. <laughs> or like a, a re- line repeated from series and series ago, just going, oh, I, well, that's I, got some more weight I, to I, it I now. don't know when we're going to have the time, but I am up for giving this another watch through. <laughs> Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, I watched uh, Loading Ready Run doing a promotional video of the uh, Taz Balance game, the Adventure Zone Balance oh, game. Yeah. Um, it's only like a, a beta copy. Yeah. But it's it, they played like one two-hour game and another sort of just over three hour, uh, just out just over one hour game. Okay. It looks quite interesting. I I I have I have backed a copy for us. I know very little about it. It's it seems to be a card game, but the cards basically facilitate collaborative storytelling. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it helps that they are already people who yeah. do comedy stuff. Yeah. So I think that probably helped. Where it's like they were coming up with their characters. Okay, this is the archetype of character I picked from like yeah. the set. But, like, I'm going to draw it myself, and yeah. I'm going to give it a ridiculous name, and everyone's yeah. going to, like, address that. Um, is, is is my understanding of it correct? That, like, the way I, I, I have understood it is basically a card deck, uh, a set of cards that basically acts as a DM so that you can do... Sort of. D&D-ish, you... like, here's an objective, here's a situation. Yeah, so that, it will give yeah. you the basics of that. Like, yeah. um... Like the in in the Dungeon Master's Guide, yeah. just like the all those tables you can roll on if you want to make a a, a mission uh, or or a campaign, yeah. but it will have things like, okay, uh, this is our like overarching mission. This is things that are affecting the things we're trying to do right now. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're working through uh, the deck and. We are trying to get some staff, and they you, they might just name that ridiculously between you, and the yeah. leader will keep a note of that. Yeah, and you'll try and keep all those things. Um, okay, now we have to defeat this, and you might tell a story about that thing. Okay, but I've got uh, Killian or Angus yeah. that I can throw in as like uh, your like, adventure zone characters to come fix the situation that, that will help you with certain types of roles. Yeah. Um, you can like when you get 
uh, is it three? It's like three treasures or three gold. You can go to the fantasy Costco. Yes. And just like pick Which... a thing off the fantasy Costco Costco deck, and it'd be like, yeah. okay, well, I can like maybe turn a uh, roll a d twenty into a flipper coin. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, or I could. Um, I think the rate the raging flaming poisoning sort of doom is in there. Oh. Um, I can't remember exactly what it yeah. does, but it did come up in both games. They were talking about the fact that the decks, the the cards are double sided. Oh, that's always nice. So like you can play all the way through it one side, and then just like okay, we're going to rack up for, to play another campaign. We're just going to flip the whole thing over. Yeah, and just start again. I don't like. Obviously, these are all um, like beta cards. This yeah, is all yeah. still like testing and working things out. Well, they looked like they had a great time. Yeah. It it honestly seems like the kind of thing that I would love to be able to whip out. Where it's like, we if we manage to get a group of people together, it's like, wouldn't it be really fun to do a quick D and D type thing, a quick role playing adventure? Oh. But we don't have a campaign rolled up, or we don't have the full group of people that we we would want for our regular big group adventure. Because getting people together yeah. for a fucking D&D session... But you're like, like the three of us have this deck that could take us on an adventure. We could just yeah. work it out now. And I think that's the other thing. Yeah. It is much, it would, I think it would be much more fun if everyone is cooperatively telling together and no one is expected necessarily to, to really DM it. Yeah. Somebody that will sort of push things forward and make yeah. notes. Someone, but that's it. Someone keeping track of it and being like, okay, I'll keep an eye on what we're doing... But you're still a player. Yeah. It's not everyone against one of the people. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm glad that it sounds like it's exactly what I thought it was from, from yeah. what I'd read. And I'm excited to give that a go next well, summer. It, it it was fun hearing about someone with uh, two meat shields <laughs> going and meeting... Um, oh, God. Uh, like a, a lich, and and then there was like a whole fight where they had the 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 meat shields got seared nicely, and somebody made a typhoon of steak spice. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, like a lot of that is probably them just being funny people yeah. having a laugh together. But like, that's the other thing. Like, if you got the nerds around, you yeah. all have that way of talking to each other. Like those those shared in jokes that you could just bring into this world. Well, that's that's it. Like. As as someone that has done with with that group of nerds, I have quite often run little tabletop, uh, like one page RPGs. Mm. And when we ran, for example, a game of Honey Heist, uh, that's that's sort of how these things go. Is it's like okay, the base idea is some bears trying to steal some honey, but you layer in as you go the things that like you and your friends, you know, have as We've a shared language. Of, you know, if me and you were playing this, there might be some references to uh, to an informer. In there, perhaps. Yep. Uh, you know, said so enemies know me, I go blame. I boom boom now. Exactly. Um, yeah, this sounds like exactly the kind of thing I need on hand for, like, we want to do some, ro- some, some tabletop role-playing, but no one has prepped a campaign or we don't have the, the group we would need for our one we have planned. Exactly. And, and I think, I mean, I don't know if you can play this in two-player, but, like, the idea that you could play two or three and everybody have, like, a, a satisfying crunchy uh D session that only that lasts like sixty to ninety minutes, possibly yeah. up to two hours, depending Which, on how and slow again, you're going through it. That pace is like really good for one of the use cases I do D D, which is going to conventions and mm. oh have we got something to do tonight? Mm. Let's let's pop out the thing and do a two hour campaign. Yeah. 
Because you still have time to get really drunk later. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone can get drunk and play Mario Party afterwards. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What about you? Watched anything else? Uh, let me pull up the list, because I'm sure there are things I've watched. We watched some films together this watched week. Two films together. Yes. Apart uh, from Firewalk with me. Yes, apart from that. So, by the time you hear this, the new Star Wars, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, will That's be out. We are recording this on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so we have not seen it. We're going to a midnight screening. But in preparation, we watched the first two films in the, the sequel we trilogy. We watched seven and eight. We watched uh, The uh, uh, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've really enjoyed rewatching both yeah, of those back same. to back. Um, I think they really hold up as enjoyable films. Yeah. I think one thing I'd forgotten was quite how funny both of them are. I hadn't forgotten that because I remember commenting, like, I think for both of them, actually, just going, I had not expected to laugh so much. Yeah, it, the, I, like, episode eight, for for example, that opening section where Poe is doing the whole fake radio <laughs> call with Hux. Yes. Um, just, just, trolling just, just trolling him. I'm just like, I like that these Star Wars films didn't take themselves too overly seriously and were willing to have a bit of fun. Hmm. Like, I like that whole opening of Episode Eight where um, the the lightsaber's handed over to Luke and it's been years of waiting for this film to come out. He <laughs> just fucking yeets it off the side of the side of the island. I'm like, they're good, fun films. Yeah, and I don't care what anyone says. I like the Porks. I, the Porgs are great, and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know the story of why the Porgs exist, that island, we, that that island off the coast of Ireland, uh, where they filmed the 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 scenes with with uh, Luke, Luke, covered in puffins, puffins everywhere, and they're not allowed to scare the puffins away. And the puffins fucking love people. They were like, "Oh, can we be in the film? Oh, we love you." Ah. Um, so they just pasted porgs over every puffin to be like, nope, nope, this is porgs now. There's space puffins. <laughs> space puffins. Tiny space puffins. So every Chewy, t- stop eating the space puffins. E- every time you see porgs, just think about the fact that there was a puffin that went, I want to be in Star Wars! And the fact that puffins are adorable. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that fight scene toward the end of 8 is so mm-hmm. good. Um... I also really like hearing people put random music over the top of it. Oh my god, yeah. But like, I, I've really loved this this series of films so far, and we'll yeah. see how we feel after nine. But yeah. uh, I, I really loved seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are all thoughts like having not seen nine. Who knows? Um, I really hope that they don't backtrack on that whole raise sort of no one. Thing. Yeah, I like that, and I worry they're gonna backtrack it. Mm. Like, I have a sneaking feeling she's gonna be someone important. I'm like, no, like, cause she's such a nice antithesis to Kylo, whose whole thing is, I have a lineage, I'm important, I I should have everything, cause I'm from a lineage, and yeah. it's nice to just go, no, you're someone who's just a good person and wants to do a good thing. And, you know, people can be strong in the force. Yeah. You don't have to be a fucking Skywalker. Yeah, it's like, Okay, we we in hindsight know that like okay, Luke's lineage is what it was, but like watching episode four originally, no no one looked at Luke and went, oh, d- d- who's his He's... magic dad? Magic. Dad. Who's his magic dad? Why has he got magic? You don't. We we needs to have a magic dad. Magic dad. No one was complaining. He needed a magic dad, and I don't think Ray needs a magic dad. No magic dads, or magic mums, or magic non-binary parents. Indeed. Or agenda parents. Um, 
Oh, they flew by as well. Like their pacing is is really good. And they're not short. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I really like Pozark in eight. His whole uh, having to learn to be less of an impulsive dick. Dick, yeah. Oh, look at me! I know better than everyone else. Oops, fuck! I apparently don't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any other thoughts on that? No, but I think that covers it. I'm excited for nine. Yeah, um, maybe no matter how exhausted I might be on Thursday. Yeah, ne- maybe next week at the end of the show we do like a little spoiler cast at the end or something, perhaps. Or we can stick it after the credits or something. Yeah, stick it after the credits or something. So we'll talk about it next week, like away from the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. What about you? What else have you watched this week? That's pretty much been it, really. I mean, we had, we watched a lot of Twin Peaks. We did. We did. I don't think I watched any. I think I think that's it. Well then. So for this. Lauren Eric, got new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you do you like music? I do like music. Do you like music with a real lefty? Lefty slant to I, it? I very much do, but I, I feel like it's going to be difficult to play this time of year. I've got family around, and you know, they're, they're not so much of the lefty persuasion. So, you think perhaps if you had something that sounded like festive music, <gasps> you could put that on, and as long as they weren't really listening to the lyrics, you could get away with listening to something called, now that's what I call plausibly like Christmas? I, uh, that sounds fantastic. I reckon a glass or two will point deep. This is going to be great. Yeah, a sherry for grandma, and I'm sure she'll be just, uh, just getting along to uh, an album of songs that have left-wing political messages sung to the tune of Christmas classics. Exactly. You'll see. You'll see. Mum turn around and go, "Oh, I love this one. This this uh, that's Jingle Bells, right?" And you're like, oh, no, no, that's about abolishing the state. Yeah, and that one that sounds like uh, that famous Mariah Carey track that everyone seems to like is is actually about the importance of abortion rights. Exactly. So I reckon just to get them drunk enough, they won't notice. And meanwhile, you're just headbanging away to some really good lefty punk. Exactly. And while they're all there going, you know, what I'm talking about, whatever they're talking about, you can have your own little quiet victory and go, "Uh (laughs) you don't don't know you're listening to lefty music. And who knows, perhaps some of that will seep into their brains. Subliminal lefty lefty politics in your Christmas tunes. Yeah, I I was rocking it up to Slade and now I want to sort of of support this disability rights. Exactly. Nice. Uh, so head on over to now that's what I call plausibly like christmas.lol.net. It's a really long it's well, a long web address. Slash promotions slash Q and PS 97. 97? Even if we take some time off over UDP. I, I think we're probably going to hit 100 very soon. Yeah, yeah, like early new year. Yeah. Goodness. Well, 100. Nearly a, we're nearly a hundred. We're nearly a hundred. Oh, goodness. Will the Queen be sending our podcast a letter or will we have abolished her by then? I can only hope. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how's that? How's, how's things? Well, you know, we had the uh, game adverts last week. Uh, oh, yes, people yes. People tuned in for that. We, uh, we sprinkled some awards in so that, you know, it didn't just feel like an ad block. <laughs> well, you know, it was an excuse for uh, people to take some of our shittier games 
and them to just uh, take some money from us to mm. award, you know, our uh, ridiculous, ridiculous bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So, so you you saw we we announced that uh, that 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 uh, console deal we got coming yeah, during the yeah. uh, during the show. We yeah, got that the sexy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sex, the sexy one. And uh, I, I I've been thinking. I've been thinking. Yeah. So. You know how all of our consoles basically have the same name at this point. Yeah. You yeah. know, we have the same start and, like, the same letter at the end. Uh-huh. And we've made it to the point that, like, it's tough to know which one is which. Yeah. I think I've got an idea. I think we capitalize on this. Right. I think we release the same console over and over. No changes. But, yeah. like... We keep doing, you, you know what we did at the game adverts, where we had that trailer where we're like, here's the box, here's the controller, here's when it's coming. We just put one of those out. And, you know, I I feel like like players will probably look at that and go, wait, I I, I already thought I had a, a, a sex box too, but I guess not, it's being announced now. Indeed, yeah. And, and we won't even ever call it the Sexbox 2. It'll be Sorry, like, yeah, the, the Sexbox Z. The Sexbox Pro, the Sexbox X, yeah. the Sexbox 1. The, se- the Sexbox Elite. Uh, yeah, the sex Sexbox Shiny. Yeah, but like, that's the thing. We don't even change the name. We just do a new shiny trailer for it again and go, yeah. but, you know, players will forget they already own one. The naming's so confusing at this point. I think we can just resell them. Well, the other thing is, we could have that whole, you know, we got the primary gifting period. We'll have older relatives trying to consider buying things for perhaps a younger relative. And they'll be like, hey, I got you the console you wanted, but what we've actually sold them is a three-year-old version of the same equipment. Well, that's it. You know, we sell them the old one, but because the names are so similar, they'll, you know, they won't know. But we're not going to sell it for any cheaper, obviously. We no, sell the old no, one for no. the same price as the new one to make it yeah. more confusing. And it's not going to be If anything, we sell the old one for more than the new one. Yeah, well, how about we put like a like a, a time and date thing on there so it, actually you can't play anything from the previous generation. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I think this has been a very productive meeting. So, uh, yeah, should we go uh, flog an intern? I mean... What else are we going to do? Think up good names for consoles. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you put in your ears? My ears? Well, perhaps unsurprisingly, I've listened to a lot of anti-Tory punk. You shock me. It's been one of those kind of weeks. So, I went back and listened to those two sort of like uh, 80s tracks that you uh, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Fuck the, fuck the Tories and fuck anyone who voted Tory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got some new tracks to add to that list of tracks. Um, oh, I've not made my usual detailed notes, so I'm going to try my best to describe these from memory. Um, there is a uh, a track called Farewell to Welfare by an artist called Grace Petrie, who I definitely want to check out um, more of their stuff. Basically, acoustic guitar angry music about the slow dismantling of um, the NHS disability support, basically the the welfare system in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, tacking on as, as far as I'm, as I'm, as I could tell from doing a bit of research, um, I know that they're gay and I, I believe that they, ident- they use she, her pronouns. I will uh, correct myself next week if, if that is incorrect, but that was best I could find. Um, talk about things it's it's from a few years ago and it specifically talks about things like 
the Tories' track record on voting for gay marriage, for example, and basically like, hey, fuck you if you voted for the party that is killing people by making them starve to death and taking away, like, money from the, the most vulnerable people, but also fuck you if you voted for a party that um, consistently says I shouldn't have the right to marry the person I want to marry or to adopt kids. Uh, that's a that's one that gets mentioned in there is like, hey, fuck you for saying I can't raise a kid, that I shouldn't be allowed to raise a kid with my partner, for example. Mm. Um... I don't need to. I don't need to forgive you if you voted to to give that more power. Indeed. I'm like, yeah, no. It's it's a really beautiful track. It gets like very emotionally raw towards the end. Um, Understandable. Understandably, um, I'm gonna have to click on this one because uh, the preview won't tell me what track it is. So I'm gonna need a second. It is. Ah, yes. <laughs> the next track is called "Cull the Tories" Yay. by a um. A femme British punk uh, band called the Menstrual Cramps. I think I've heard of them. Yeah, I I I've seen them about here and there. Their tracks include include things like Frack Off, which is an anti-fracking track, for example. Quite right too. Um, they're very like raw and angry. That that as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, that sort of punk where it's like it doesn't matter if you're playing it precisely as long as you're playing it angrily. Mm. Um. And I had a look, like, they're, they're playing gigs around the UK as we speak at the moment. So I'm like, I might have to go and see them. They seem worth supporting. Um, Cull the Tories is, as it sounds, a track about how maybe we should get some guillotines out and uh, have a few fewer people killing off all the poor people. And I'm like, I mean, I I think the 16th century France had it. Yeah. Right in that respect. Yeah. They only have 443 YouTube subscribers. Go subscribe to them on YouTube. Cold the Tories has like a thousand views on it. Wowza. Yeah, so I have a feeling that there's gonna be more of that soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go check that out. Um mm-hmm. Okay, there is another track that's definitely less um aggressive in its its rock tone, but it's it, it's a much gentler rock track. It's called Never Trust a Tory by Onsind. O-N-S-I-N-D. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about someone going and... Um, as, as a child going and staying with one of their grandparents and their grandparent basically explained, explaining to them why they should never trust a Tory and the sort of... Basically leaning into a lot of the, um, the blatant lies that they use to try and grab power and just going, no, I'll say anything to your face to, you know, spite your back later. I'm like, yeah... I mean, we were already hearing about broken promises the day after the election. Oh, so. of course. Uh, yeah, how, how many hours after the uh, the initial Brexit referendum did we hear, oh, that Brexit... Oh, we didn't mean the Brexit bus, the the, the, the NHS money. Oh, we didn't say that, you know, before the, the vote. We but... didn't mean human rights. We didn't mean the NHS. We didn't, yeah. we didn't mean workers' rights. Yeah. Um... So there's another one I wanna I wanna mention uh, that's called Mother by a band called Idols, and it's basically about like poor living conditions under the Tory Party. Um, things like my mother works 15 hours a day, five days a week; 16 hours a day, six days a week; 17 hours a day, seven days a week. Sort of pushing people to work more and more and more to stay afloat. Um, Ideas like the best way to scare a Tory is to read. I mean, probably. Yeah. Um, 
Unless you're reading The Sun, in which case they're probably very yeah. happy. Um, and then the sort of, like, lyrically talks about some themes of things like, um, trying to distract yourself in the bleak times that come after something like a Tory election. Um, trying to distract yourself by sitting and looking at pretty colours, because, uh, can't really focus on anything else right now. True. Um, from this, this, it's, it's quite angry, but with, like, a little bit of a dancey music side under it, but it's, it's very, like, punk vocal mm. layer. From this, this wonderfully charismatic, angry, beardy man in a, in a pink suit and no shirt underneath. Um, mm. this, this very, this very angry, this very angry person that I've kind of fallen in love with. I, like, the more Idols videos I've watched this week, the more I've gone, you've just got a really charismatic energy to you, friend. Mm. Like, uh, lo- lots of lots of flamboyance and playing with gender presentation nice. in in the videos. I would recommend checking checking them out. Um, that's it for the Tory stuff. <laughs> what about you? What have you been listening to this week? Um, I've only been able to listen to reruns of old Mabim bands. Yeah, because anything more than that has fair. been a bit much socially. So I have been listening to the the good good boys talking about Yahoo Answers and and Blue Apron and and all, all the other good bullshit they spew. Yeah. In in sort of nice, safe, manageable, comfortable worlds. Yeah. Of I'm... not looking at the news. I'm gonna be there soon. <laughs> I've the, I've had to get the anger out so that I can get to the distracty point with the music. It's fine. My chemical romance thing will happen this week. I'll have that to get me through. Yeah, you will. Uh, yeah. This is all mabimity bam. Just, just mabim bam because I can't manage anything else right now. Yeah, I'm very fragile. That's fair. I've got a couple of other things. If Yay. I can go, check a go. couple of other bits of music. Um, I found a nice new chill lo-fi music to study to stream. It's Study with Connie Chill Tunes uh, on the Cartoon Network YouTube channel, and it's is just that Connie. The stick? Pardon? The glow stick bracelet. Yeah, it's the glow stick bracelet. Um, it is uh, it is Connie from Steven Universe in one of those, like, the sun is setting, doing some writing video, and just some nice chill music. No fun. Yeah, it's been... It, it, it's always nice to have another one of those to, to, to jump into. Mm-hmm. And there was a wonderful mashup I heard this week that I think is fantastic. Yeah. It's Mariah Manson... All I want for Christmas is the beautiful people. And I think we know where that goes. Yep. It is the tune of All I Want for Christmas is You with the lyrical line of, of all uh, is The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. It's it's really impressively mashed up. And for someone like me that like has a nostalgic attachment to the sound of Christmas music but doesn't always like the lyrical context of it and has like weird associations with it i'm like okay give me that thing that i'm nostalgic for but with like a lyrical line where i'm like okay i can i can jam to this and i i enjoyed that it was it was good silly fun anything else that's it well then time for this the winter time it's Colder, darker, and more treacherous underfoot. But nonetheless, these brave soldiers heading out into the bad weather. The postal workers are quite astonishing in their habits. The way they pace around the streets, 
carrying their heavy loads, making sure to waddle along carefully, distributing all manner of good things to the local residents. Each is incredibly sure-footed, their bright red outfits sure to catch eyes, and perhaps even elicit a cheerful nod. Picture the scene. It's a beautiful holiday meal. The family gathered together. Everyone opening presents, pulling crackers, sharing a meal, and the joy of each other's company. But oh no, Uncle Bob's here, massive racist extraordinaire. And while some members of your family say we have to invite him because he's part of the family, how about decoy dinner? What's decoy dinner? Just inflate decoy dinner in your back garden or perhaps in a park or over an active volcano. Invite your racist relative over and leave them alone in a box, unable to bother anyone with only some cardboard approximations of food. While the rest of you can get on enjoying a wonderful time together, your horribly racist uncle can just spout bollocks in his own little plastic cavern. And then when you're done, you can just wrap it up and toss it in the volcano. Thanks, decoy dinner! Yay! You've saved the holidays! <gasps> questions, Sam, um, have questions. Ask the question! Uh, Lucy asks, uh, if you were a Pokemon, what and why? Hmm. Mimikyu is the one I always go to. Because he, he, he just won't be loved. It is, it is, it is, I'll, I'll try my best. Please say that's enough. That's oh. more than enough for me. Oh. Um, I think mine would either be Jigglypuff, because Jigglypuff is my favourite, but also Bulba, because Bulba is, is, Baba. Is, is the best funny boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just like, I think if I was a Bulbasaur, I would probably go around and, and just vine whip fracking people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the actually, planet's had enough of you. Actually, you know what one I should be, because it's the one that the world needs right now, is the sword and shield version of Weezing uh, with the top hats. Bec- and I say this because the world needs those because they don't produce toxins. Contrary to their appearance, the whole deal of them apparently is that they're air- they're living air purifiers. Ooh. They, they just they completely dismantle all of the. I mean, the, we could stop spewing I, shit into the environment. We could, as well. but I, as an individual, cannot prevent uh, giant corporate level um, emissions. The oh. least I can do is fly around as a, a Galari- uh, as a Galarian wheezing and just try and puff the air a bit cleaner. That's a good one. Yeah. Kingpin would like to know uh, how to, how to remember so many passwords in our digital digital world. While remaining good security level, i.e. not using the same password for everything. Hmm. Um. Just, the... just, just get... Just remember. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Any kind of strategy we give would essentially probably give some uh, some insight into our password selection Not just that, processes. but, like, you do really just need to remember that the only thing I would say is, um... The forgot my password is there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Because you guarantee you'll go to a website and go, I'm pretty sure I know the website for this. Oh no, at some point they had their data compromised yeah. and I changed it to something else. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. So there are. Um, mm. I'm I'm told there are apps, but I don't. I can't vouch for any of them. I'm aware they exist. I would be paranoid to put all my passwords in one place right. digitally. That seems like a really weird, silly idea. Again, yep. Because like, if they get data breached, you're That's, fucked. This is, this is everything fucked. Um, yeah, my method is have about 15 different things on the go that are all variations on each other in different ways, where you vary them in different ways in different parts, and they all fit one of, like, eight different structures of a password, and then just randomly guess when you've got to log into something, go yeah. like, I know it's probably this... No? Okay, we'll try this. Uh, okay, I've got it on number six. Yeah. Have, have a collection... No, I am not a robot. Have a collection of... Themes that your password will probably be along, and then variations upon themes, and then just remember the best you can. Yeah. Ultimately, the answer is remember them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, or, or, the way I see it is like it's not as bad as it used to be when we had to remember phone numbers. Yeah. I used to be able to remember tons of people's yeah. phone numbers. And also, you know what advice I've heard repeatedly from security people when it comes to digital passwords? Notebook. If you're if you're if you can't remember them, write them down on a physical notebook in your home. No one is breaking into your home and stealing a piece of paper and having your passwords that way. That's just not how password theft tends to happen. If if you want to have secure passwords and you're paranoid you'll forget them, stick them on a piece of paper hidden somewhere. And if you're still really paranoid, you could always work out some kind of encryption method yeah. from there. Yeah, have because a... Because at that point, it's not like someone's going to cyber hack you, so you could probably use much simpler encryption. Exactly. I I think that is that that is some good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hayley Snaily, happy hatching day! Hi! Um... <laughs> Uh, your robot name is your email address for Amazon and your password for Amazon. What is your robot name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice one. Uh-huh. Nice my... one, birthday friend. Um, my my robot name is test at test dot com and fake password dot lol dot net dot lol dot net. <laughs> you got to spell out the words dot each yes. time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is an animal you think has an undeserved reputation as not cute? And what is an animal that you think ha- has an undeserved reputation as cute? Pigs. I think pigs are cute, and everyone always sort of puts them as like, oh, gross, disgusting pigs. Like, they're cute, yeah. and they're smart, and they're, yeah. they're sweet. I think spiders are quite cute as well. I know that there's l- um, a lot more resistance to that particular one. I'm not with you on that one. <laughs> um... Uh, bearded dragons are really cute. I think they're really cute. Too. I, I don't know if they have a reputation for not being so, but I think yeah. they're. Really cute. I think snails are really cute. Oh, slime bunnies! Yeah, slime bunnies are adorable. Yeah. Um, what about one that that people say is cute, but no, uh, thank you. Hmm. Dogs. Yeah. People ter- say dogs are cute. Terrified of dogs. I'm terrified of dogs. No, thank Don't you. Don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I will look at a a, pup, a picture of a puppy that is far, far away and go, <laughs> "Yes, that is a cute. That is picture. a cute puppy." But I don't want to see one in person. Yes, cause, you know, I've been bitten by. Uh, I've told my stories before. Yeah. I don't like dogs. Uh, also, I hate are hedgehogs the most capitalist animal since they refuse to share their hedges despite there being room for many hedgehogs in a single hedge? 
I mean, I think the name is more about the fact that hedges hog them from other animals. Uh, hedgehogs are, hog the hedges from other animals, not from each other. I think they fit as many hedgehogs in as they can, and then go, no, no squirrels. No, no. squirrels, this is our hedge. You have the trees, friend. Yeah, you are s- squirrel hogs. Tree hogs. Uh, tree hogs. Oh my god, the same. We'd like to ask: uh, When was Unicorn Dance Party first celebrated? When did we? F- did f- did um, it get called UDP before we did it? I think I was celebrating at least the year before that, because before that I just called it Winter Festival. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I think it's probably about three or four years now. Yeah, I think there was that one at your old flat. Yes. Where we we did it, where we actually dressed as unicorns. We dressed danced. as unicorns, and we had the all the the lights and things on. Mm. Yeah, that must have been about four years ago now. Yeah. Gosh, was it really four years? Three years. Three years. Closer to three years. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe, so maybe three, three years. Three years, I reckon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky Tuhill. Hi, Becky. Hi. Is there anything you know should annoy you, or that provokes a negative reaction, but you kind of like it? As a trans woman, I will occasionally have <laughs> that moment when, like, some asshole cat calls me from, like, a moving car. Like, and at I'll least be... you've gendered me correctly. <laughs> that's it. It's it's the, you shouldn't do that, and that's a sexist, gross thing, and, like, I'm not happy that that happened. But, not only did you gender me correctly, but you apparently thought I was attractive enough in my correctly gendered form to be worth catcalling. It's a weird double standard that exists because please validate my gender. <laughs> I can't say I've ever I can't say I've ever been catcalled, but I there was a period of about nine months when I first started um vocal hmm. training when if anyone said to me on the phone started calling me sort of sweetie or darling on the phone. Oh yeah. There was a moment of like <gasps> I'm doing well at this. Well that's that's the thing. It's but almost thing that like, is, yeah. Shortly after that, it was very much a case of like, don't call me it's, fucking sweet, yeah. I'll break your fucking legs. It's, it's the thing where it's like, in hindsight, I'm like, that was terrible. Don't do that. Feel shitty that you did it. But in the moment, there's that little bit of me that goes, but, but validation, you, but validation. It was validated by the it was shouty bad asshole. Shitty validation, but it was validation. <laughs> um, I can't really think of any. No, um, the trans ones like the key one. Uh, yeah, and even those didn't last very long for no. me. Bethany Turner asks, Do you hear the people sing? I wish. I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd be I, very up for hearing the people singing a indeed, bit. Indeed, I wish to hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men. Yeah. And women and non-binary people. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Uh, Tricky uh, asks, uh, A musical genre that doesn't exist yet, but absolutely needs to. Jazz step? Yeah. Um. So using like um, using brass to um like do wubs. Oh, yeah. Like, but like melodic, like melodic dubstep rather than sort of like very minimalists. It's all about the wubs. Yeah, I I would like to see, and it probably exists, but it's not as big a thing as I would like it to be. Like, you're sort of like, mo- most of your dance music genres done on acoustic instruments. Mm-hmm. Just, just more like, 
the exact same intensity and sort of like trying to replicate those sounds but on analog instruments. Yeah, like um, there's those two guys with guitars who do they do a whole comedy set of just like dance music done on on yeah. acoustic guitars. It's it's a thing that like people have done it. I don't think it's a genre that exists necessarily. Um, not properly, no. It's but... I would like to see that like have some space as a genre. Hmm. I would like to see more video game music um, mixed with like hard style. Sort of anything with that retro Sid music style um, bouncy doompy 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 doo. Because it goes really well with hard style, which is basically just angry pirate music. <laughs> Deluxe edition, good soft Freb. I can't reread the rest of that. You've been cut off. Apologies. Uh, what is a good memory? Uh, I, had, I had a very nice hug when I got in. Oh, that was, that was a very nice. good hug. That was a good hug. You gave me a forehead kiss earlier. That was good. Yeah, good forehead kiss. Um, yeah. We had we we had a, a nice three way hug with Becky. Yeah. She stands about boob height on both of us, <laughs> so I imagine that was extra fun for her. Doing big cuddles with new tiny softs off that existed, soft and doing doing big. Oh, you were a tiny person that has just come to exist. Uh, I hold you so close. Those really good hugs we have at raves. Yeah. You know the ones. <sighs> <laughs> you, the the uh, you, thank you for being my rainbows. Thank hugs. you for being my rainbows. <laughs> uh, drop, hi drop. Uh, what is your f- game of the year? Uh, I have a few contenders, and I'm struggling to to pick a single one. Do you do you have like one that is your let, game of the let year? Me f- let me find my short list. Yeah, let me let me pull my list up as well. Okay, so I have like a couple I want to give like runner up special mentions to. I really enjoyed Astral Chain. Devil May Cry 5 and Disco Elysium from, like, mechanical standpoints. They were all really well-made games in their respective genres. Uh, Mm. The first two fantastic over-the-top character action games, some of the best character action that I've seen in years. Disco Elysium, really impressive use of, like, actual role-playing and building out a character in an RPG. But the one that I'm going to put at the top of the list, and it's not Pokemon, in spite of the number of hours I've put into it, um, I think it's going to be Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's it, I've talked about it before. It's a it's a pretty short game to do a single playthrough of, but it is basically an interactive music rhythm game set to a femme vocal pop album about coming out and becoming a woman that loves lots of ladies and and kissing all of the women of Kiss all of kissing all of the genres of women because all of the genres of women who are consenting indeed exactly and it's visually and audibly beautiful and it it makes my heart very warm every time i go through it and i need to go through it with you at some point because i'm like it's only like an hour and a half long and i, I want to show it to you a rumble if, um, if, if you are up for that i'd be up for that yay i think i'm gonna have to go i'm trying looking at what i've has released this year that i've played I mean, I've probably played the most of Dragon Quest Builders 2. Yeah. But I think my game of the year would... Just skimming through the list of what's been released that I've played, I think it's going to have to be Bloodstained. Yeah. That that fun little um, spiritual successor to uh, the Castlevania games. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was nicely made. I had a lot of fun with it. I, I played a lot of it. I would like yeah. to go back and, and play more, but like... It, it was one that I only really have time at the moment to play video games if I'm streaming. Yeah. So it was one where I was like, I feel I need to just sit and play this on my own and focus yeah. on it. 
because I really struggle to play it well while talking. Yeah. Well, I suppose we could always do so on a weekend if you want to return to it. Maybe. Maybe at some point. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to get to a point probably fairly soon where I will be done with Stardew Valley. Yeah. Well, at least my single player run through. Yeah. I. It's, it's always an interesting question to go, does most hours played equate to favourite game? Hmm. Um, You know, I've put... Sometimes that's just that there was more game. Yeah. Like... Pokemon, I've put, like, a couple of hundred hours into, but, like, that's less actively uh, actively playing engaged all the time and more sort of, my brain likes a nice repetitive loop and it's a really good, calming thing. It, it's the video game equivalent of stimming. It's a nice mm. sort of repetitive thing that keeps me... Yeah. Keeps me chill. Mm-hmm. Um, And, like, that has its place. And, you know, I, I love Pokemon Sword and Shield. I don't think it's, like, the best game that came out this year. No. (laughs) Even if I personally put hundreds of hours into it and will continue playing it for Mm. the next several months. Yeah, and I don't feel like I've played a lot of new games this year. Like, it's been a case of, like, revisiting older things. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, the the few games I have played that were new this year, I played a decent amount of Control, I played a decent amount of. Yeah, yeah. But again, that was a game I just sort of drifted away from. Yeah. Because I wasn't having a super amount of fun with that. Sometimes that's the way these things go. But uh... It felt sort of more compelling to... Ju- I wanted to know what was going on with the story. I wanted to see more of the architecture. Yeah. I didn't really want to play it, though. A-, a lot of this year, my games I've enjoyed most have been ones where big flashy visual things happen while I mash buttons and go, oh my god, what am I looking at? That's great. <laughs> it's like, that's both Astral Chain and Devil May Cry 5 are just... I'm going to press all the buttons and look at the flash of things happening. I'm so badass. Spectacle fighters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's depth and complexity to learn, but, yeah. you know, also I want to, you know, swing a, a motorcycle around like it's a weapon and, and turn into some crows and and all sorts of cool shit. Yeah. Summon swords. Well, any game with summon swords wins, wins in my book. Yeah. Put summon swords in every game. Just ghostly glowing swords that float around me and I will like your game a lot more. Animal Crossing, summon swords. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that look like? I don't know, but I want it. <laughs> Smashing the shit out of Tom Nook for some more bells. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, it make chopping down trees easier. I'm not going to have low durability on my soul-bounded weapon. I mean, fair. <laughs> Um, uh, I love uh, Didu Molinaro. Would like to ask, what is your favourite celestial body? Ah. I really like the moon. Because it's far enough away to have, like, this real sort of mystique to it. While being close enough to be like, that is an achievable place that humans can get to. And even though I know realistically it's never going to happen, there's that bit of me that can go, I could end up on the moon one day. Like, it's not that far away. I could get there. It's it's that one step away where it's like, if I went to the moon and got really homesick, I feel like I could go home. Like, it's it's not like I'm I'm trapped a million miles away from home. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a favourite celestial body? Um, either the horsehead nebula, nebula or the crab nebula, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just think they're really pretty. They're both very pretty, yeah. Ne- nebulae are Indeed. probably some of the, the prettiest bits. Yeah. Uh, that and also for the moon, um, one of my all-time favourite games is an indie game called To the Moon, and there is a 
There's a lovely little bit of narrative in there about um, the moon and uh, the moon being used as a big, a big example of like, well, it's called To the Moon because of the fact that like there's a character who basically just wants to befriend all of the celestial bodies and the moon is the sort of centerpiece of like, they're, they're, it's an analogue for autism spectrum stuff. It's like, hey, they they want to they wanna reach out, but they, etc. Um, go play to the moon and you will understand why I love the moon. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Do you have any other questions? Other questions? You want more questions? I don't know. I'm no. asking if we've got them. No. Larry Yelling in me would like to know, have I told you all that you are awesome recently? Oh, heck. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. You are also awesome, Larry. Yeah. Um, small baby, big feelings. Hi, Echo. <laughs> We'd like to know uh, what's your favourite stuffy. Uh, it's got to be Bun, who is the stuffed rabbit I have had since I was days old, if that. Um, I have photos in a photo album of when Bun was bigger than me. Bun, Bun is is very precious and precious. So bun, Bun is is from babyhood. From from babyhood is from from, from when I was smaller than the stuffed animal itself. Aww. Yeah, it was bigger than me once upon a time. Uh, mine is Huxley, who is yeah. a, a werebear. Um, I think the original werebear was called Growler. Yeah, but but I mean, as funny as that name is, I never had one as a child because it was one of those. No, that's horrifying. You're not allowed yeah. those. This is, wasn't allowed My Little Ponies or Care Bears, and wasn't allowed Wear Bears either. So, um, and I, I, I like, like, like them because um, the thing about Wear Bears is they look kind of terrifying. Yeah. But they're sort of soft and adorable. And, yeah. And I think that's really cute. Like, you can flip them over to looking cute and adorable, but if anything, I think that makes them look creepier. Yeah. Particularly yeah. Particularly because the fact mine has never been that way round, and now the face looks considerably cleaner than oh, the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, no, if you turn that face inside out, it looks like it's 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 a killer wearing a mask. <laughs> it's just wearing the face of my my <laughs> beloved teddy bear. Um, and yeah. you can t- you can turn the paws over as well so it doesn't have claws. Yeah. Um Hux is my... lovely. Hux is lovely. Because because of the sort of like uh they once made noise box in the middle of them, they've got a really nice sturdy hug to them. Oh they've got quite sort of dense legs as yeah. well because I think they were originally designed to stand up. Yeah, that in a sort of they've, they've got a good solid density to them. They do. Um, I, I like Hux, and the Hux is named. Um, I came home from the the charity shop where I found them, mm. and uh, was just browsing through the bookshelf, and I found um, my housemate's copy of uh, Brave New World. Mm. So that's why Huxley is called Huxley. And that is all the questions. All the questions. All the questions. Well then, time for this. For this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad, are you? Oh, I'm all, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've been, uh... It's that time of year where I've been starting to make plans for what I'm doing during the festive period, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I believe the spirit of winter any day now is about to get a uh, solid kick in the neck. I hope so. I hope, I hope so. But, uh... I was I was having that thing that happens every every year where you know you start thinking who do I want to who do I want to see at this time of year and who am I gonna you know travel to see or who's gonna come see me and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I had that situation happen where I was I was talking to someone about you know what my plans for the festive period were and yeah. they were uh, they were very shocked when I said that I wasn't gonna see certain members of family over the uh, yeah. over the festive period and uh, you know I, I said to them 
I just, I just don't get on well with them, you know. Things aren't good with us, you know. Maybe they are vehemently opposed to who I am, for example. Yeah. And their response was, uh, yeah, but you've got to, they're family. I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. No. Yeah, so it got me thinking about the whole, uh, you're under no obligation to build bridges with people just because they're biological relatives. <laughs> no, indeed. I mean, I think people get have for years been very stuck in this, you know, old blood's thicker than water and, you, you know, you've got to stick by your family because they'll stick by you when no one else will. And, and frankly, that... That just allows for so much abuse, and also and... it's all, it's all, it's it's often not true. Like yeah. there have been t- times when my family has not stuck by me, but my friends have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? It's, 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 it's not like it's not like you can guarantee family will stand by you through everything, and if they're not standing by you now, there's no reason to go. Oh, you got you got to mend that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's and you know the onus is very often in these cases put on the person who has suffered the most at the hands of that relative. Yeah, yeah. You know, they might have been abused uh, verbally, physically uh, over the years. You know, and you can excuse it as oh, well, you know, Uncle Bob likes a drink, or oh, your mum's just like that. Well, you you don't have to put up with being. You know, you know, taking abuse or, yeah. or being spoken to in a certain way or being dismissed for what you are. No, no amount of biological connection entitles someone to treat you badly and you to have to stick around. Absolutely, and you know, I, I think the more we get out of that headspace, you know, perhaps that will encourage people to just be better at each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you cannot regardless of what your DNA says you are connected to me, if you cannot treat me with respect, you're going in the bin. Exactly. And if you want to get back in my life, get better. Yeah. Get get good scrub. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, the dark being... souls of relationships with other people. Yeah. You know, be, <laughs> be nice, be kind, be empathetic. Uh, you know, and and if you have shitty opinions, maybe keep them to yourself. Yeah. Like, actually to yourself. Don't spew them on the internet thinking no one's going to see, because we do see. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's still pretty shit, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Auntie Joan. It's a time of year, as, as someone myself who was, yeah. uh, you know, estranged from all but one member of my entire family, and, yeah. and she's not doing super well for herself. Uh, you know, it's it's a time of year when, regardless, I, I think about yeah. them, uh, and you know that that does hurt. But at the same time, that is considerably less than what it would be if I was engaging with these people who just abused me on the rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, should we have that? Should we have that? Oh, please. Oh. <sighs> oh, a bit close to home this week, mate. Yeah. Oh, well, good hug, mate, good hug. Should good. I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have a cup of tea. Yeah, well, and if I don't see you before, and uh, have a good unicorn dance, Paul. Oh, yeah. same to you, same yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. Laura! Me? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube... Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz if you can afford to donate a dollar a month or more. It means I get to keep doing this as my full-time job, which is super appreciated. 
Other than that, you can find everything that I publish at laurakbuzz.com. Uh, that is written articles, videos, podcasts, freelance work, everything goes up there. I've got some books, Uncomfortable Labels, it's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. It is out now, uh, in places where books are sold, or as an audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. There's another book coming next year, it's called Things I Learned From Mario's Butt. It's a silly and serious illustrated coffee table book of video game character butt reviews. It's gonna be out in shops in October 2020. A bit sooner if you pre-order it on Unbound, hint, hint. Uh, other than that, I do some other podcasts. Pixel Squirt, I review video game pornography with Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. Podquisition, we talk about video games and whether they're great or perfect, but also politics a bit. Um, Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each season is a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. And Jane, what about you? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, that's uh, J-A-N-E-I-A-C, because somebody stole it without the E. Thanks. Uh, I'm also on SoundCloud, uh, Janeris Magnet. I'm on Patreon, that's the important one, Stone Monkey Radio. Um, also Stone Monkey Radio on Redbubble, if you want to buy a butt plug suit bath mat or shower <laughs> curtain or stickers or whatever. Um, I'm also uh, paypal.me slash Magnet if you fancy sending me a one-off of anything, which I would super appreciate, because the world is horrifying. It would be nice to have some sort of support for the, the coming nightmare. Wouldn't it just? It would. Uh, I made it bleak. Um, I think that's all the really important ones. Oh, oh twitch.tv slash Janiac. You can watch me waffle about things and try and avoid hitting the bleak alarm. But those are the important ones. Laura, sing us out, my darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. <laughs>